What's up, Charles? Good to be here, Nick. I like that the comments are starting to turn towards our relationship more <laughs> than uh, than the knowledge base that we're providing. <laughs> they're like, they're like Charles is just amused with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what topic are we getting to? All right. So, what we're going to talk about today, we're going to dive into this fairly quickly. Uh, are resales and what are the value of them, and should a brand be putting those as uh, as a value? franchise sales and uh, to the brand. Coming up next. All right. So let's start with the key takeaways. And, and I'll frame this and then you give your opinion. My, my framing, my opinion is that in franchising, the, res the resale ends up being the ugly stepchild of franchise development. It's not celebrated. It's not seen or you know put on put on a, as a as a win like bringing on new blood. But in my opinion, um, a resale is quite amazing. You're showing that there's an uh, the ability to exit from your business, uh, which that's why you buy into franchise. You're buying to protect your brand and have have something. Uh, at the end of your run as a, as a franchise owner. Uh, secondly, it prevents a unit from closing. I think that's a big win. Third, it continues royalty stream coming in where you're not like on a, on a new, new blood into the system. You can be talking about a year before that turns into royalty. Here it's protecting. Uh, and four, and I, I could keep going down the list, but Charles, I want your opinion. Four would be um, the, the next generation of business owner tends to find ways to make the business better. That's why businesses exit. Someone might buy Charles's business someday. Someone might buy mine. Uh, they're, they're not buying it because they want the value to go down. They're, they see opportunity to make it go up. So whoever's buying into the business, keep it alive, seems to be doing it for the good uh, or, and, and could, could have tremendous impact on the royalty structure uh, back to the franchise. So there's a framework. What, how do you feel resales are treated in franchising. Well, I, I love that this is a big topic for you. This is something you talk about often. Um, I'm probably guilty of not getting excited over resales, right? As opposed to new sales, because, you know, new sales is new territory, new growth. And then there's also a stigma too, I think that sometimes resales are a function of dysfunction, either in a franchisee or a franchisor or a franchisee relationship. But I, I Look, if you're telling me there's a re there's resales because uh, the business has been proven out, the franchisee's done well, and that's part of their exit strategy, I think that's one of the best stories a brand could ever tell. But what if it what if it's just simply to prevent a closure? Let's just call it there was a mismatch in culture. Uh, franchisee does not like the franchisor. Franchisor does not like the franchisee. This is this comes to the the bottom third. That thirty three percent of franchisees are going to be. Uh, painful to the franchise or what if this is just to say, Hey, it didn't work out. You may not recoup all of your investment on an exit, but you'll get a little bit of money. Uh, so it doesn't mean like you had to shut your doors and have to deal with an angry landlord or shut your business and just walk away. Like that is a success, right? No, it's a, it's a big success. And even from a legal perspective, right? If you have a transfer, you've basically put in a firewall, you're cutting off a lot of legal liability once that transfer happens. So, but, but I guess on the, the, the public face of the brand, I think a lot of brands are worried about 
spotlighting those transfers because it could show vulnerability also with the brand and maybe some failure. I agree internally as an organization, these are good KPIs and metrics that the brand continues, location continues. And I think maybe the disconnect is from, you know, the franchise sales team is not part of the leadership team. And, and maybe that's where the disconnect happens. Yeah. I mean, look, in, in, in most franchise development organizations, it seems like the resale is commissioned lower. Um, and even, even when it gets handed off to marketing or operations, it's not, it's not treated like a new opening. We're not saying, Hey, celebration. But the reality is, it is like it's still new blood. It could be new blood coming. It could be new blood coming into your system. It could be, uh, which most likely you have to approve. Uh, it could be an existing franchise owner taking on more, uh, more, more uh, business ownership or equity within your within your franchise. Um, it could be, which this is a big one in the restaurant space. It could be a multi-unit operator saying, "I want to buy some underperforming stores." because I want to be able to turn around. I don't have to pay for the build out. I want to, I want to capture some of the savings there and have immediate cash flow. Like there's really good stories here, but at conferences and webinars, wherever there's information about franchising, we don't celebrate the resale. That's interesting. <clears throat> you know, as you're speaking, I'm even thinking about, um, can you develop an item 19 with resale data, right? In terms of the performance of resold franchise outlets and, and what the impact that could have, which, which could tell, you know, and again, I've never thought of that before until this conversation, but there would be a way if you have good numbers that would tell a compelling story. Which you should have good numbers. Now there, there are the franchisees that exit at, you know, three, four, five X, because they built up a good business and they're able to, to sell off that cash flow. But, and there, there are family offices that are acquiring franchisees that exit and they're, they're building up a portfolio and becoming a, a multi-unit franchisee by, by purchasing these. But those would be a very positive uh, event for, for a franchise brand. On the, on the reverse side, again, like if you're picking up a franchisee that is, that is going like this, whether that's mindset, uh, or approach or investment, uh, there's going to be a miss when they're going like this. And if you pick that up, it's going to go like this. So I love the idea of putting in the resales into item 19. Has Have you ever seen that done? No. <clears throat> you know, when I see these resales, if, if it's a result of an underperforming franchisee, I usually see it on the talent, right? potentially default notices or a relationship that that's not balanced. Um, so I, you know, based on your advice, I mean, there's so many steps management team could get involved in terms of rehabilitating and actually helping with the sale of this. Um, we haven't ever prepared a um, item 19 that segregates performance of new franchisees that acquired an existing location, but it's very doable. And I think if there's good numbers there, I could see a whole resale section in item 19. I think you brought up something else that is valuable to talk about, which is the mitigation of risk. And the reality is the risk is not just coming from a legal standpoint. It's also to, to be able to like proactively tell your franchisees when you're ready to exit, because every single franchisee, it will exit your system. No matter what, it is inevitable. You're either going to die, exit, or you're going to sell your business, exit, or you're going to default, 
exit. Like no matter what, every single human being that buys a franchise will exit the brand. So on day one, if you're like, when you get ready to exit, here are some things you need to know. Positive validation goes a long way. Don't tell the buyer, this is a bad brand. That's gonna decrease the value of, of the purchase. So you're, you're gonna sell the value down by saying, yeah, it just wasn't a good brand. If you're walking out and saying, look, it just wasn't the right fit for me, but I do, I do believe in the leadership and I believe in the product and I think this could have longevity. Now you're now you're selling the right way. Has any have you ever seen someone sell a house and be like, don't, don't buy my house? Like those walls are are busted. No, the the real estate agents come in and be like, look how beautiful this is. And then you move into your new house, old house, purchase house, and your neighbors come out of the woodworks and they're like, hey, welcome neighbor. Unless you live in Chicago, nobody nobody has nice neighbors in Chicago. But you walk in and you're like, hi neighbor. Because you're buying an old house, but you're new. You're new to the neighborhood. So, the the whole point of this is is how do you, how 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 do you mitigate risk? Which I, I think you you brought that up in in multiple ways. How do you celebrate it internally? Um, and then how do you market this thing? Right? How how do you start marketing the fact that it's okay to have resales? Well, I, I mean, those legacy stories, when, when you resell, they're big. But Nick, even getting to a deeper point, which we see this often in, in the discussion on Franex, which gets to the coaching, right? When a franchisee signs on day one, there should be a basket of KPIs of, hey, one day if you're going to exit, your valuation is going to be a function of these KPIs. Big deal. And, Right. And it's our job together over the next five, 10 years to turn the dial on the KPIs. And if you turn the dial the right way, your exit is higher. And if you don't, so there's more ownership of the numbers. We'll stay on that. Let's try to give, let's give a good takeaway to our audience. So the, if we're going to give a scorecard that says, here are things that elevate your KPI, what would you put on that list? Or what that el elevate your valuation? What would you put on that list? Revenue growth margins um and trained management team that has some longevity yeah i think that last one's a, a, a big thing like the reality is turnover uh is an issue and when right. we, a private equity firm comes in and buys your your law firm they're, they're buying your team too they're they're swallowing you up and your team first it's almost they, they buy that first and then what you do second and i do think charles what you just said about uh top line revenue like show show against the, the item 19 because you're going to show your top performers say this is how where we want to get you so that when you exit you get the the maximum return on investment at exit right yeah I, um, community integration well i think that's going to show up in the numbers right the uh the revenue growth, marketing dollars spent. I mean, the, the other benefit, right, of a resale from the buyer perspective is you have complete visibility into the financials, right? You're, you, you have an open book on, you know, everything in terms of the financials for that outlet. So then in that checklist is also at what point do you start pulling back on owner's discretionary income, right? Because that's going to hurt value, valuation. Well, it does, but you could always back into that, right? Everyone understands, you know, when they're looking at cash flow numbers, there's going to be some numbers put back in and there's, there'll be reasons why they could be um, 
articulated. But I, you know, I do love the idea potentially segregating or creating a separate uh, component of item 19 for resale performance. And you could even measure it out. I also love the idea whether a franchisee ever sells is when they onboard, part of that coaching process is focused on your valuation and KPIs when you sell. And then I agree, Nick, I, I think your messaging of let's take the resale, champion it and build marketing around it and build a story. I mean, again, we talk about it often, but how great if you, <laughs> I mean, if I had a dream situation, how great would it be to have a franchisee willing on the way out in the sale process to be a part of a video on, hey, it just wasn't right for me for this, and then have the um, the buyer of that franchise. Love it. And as conferences return, well, two, two steps here. As conferences return, uh, why not bring in back a, a former franchisee to talk about how they exited the system successfully? As a as a speaker, that would might that might have more value than uh, than uh, a keynote speaker that tries to motivate you. Just saying, like there there could be value in that. And on the front end, not not that it necessarily fits into the operations manual, but part of operations is preparing for exit. That here are things that you're going to want to be doing to get you there. Why why not operationalize this thing and be transparent about it and talk about it and why not celebrate this with the broker community who has a great pulse on people yeah. that are looking to buy businesses? Well, think about that story, right? Because every fear that someone has when they buy a franchise is it's, it's not going to build an enduring asset for their family. So like you're saying, Nick, if, if as part of your brand story, you're also giving the broker insight into exit strategies, that's going to stick with them. Much more than, hey, you know, our training is great. Right. And and also the probably uh, another thing for that checklist is is depth of uh, license ownership in that market, too, because to be able to show a franchisee, look, I I'm also transferring the rights to open up another location that could add value. Right. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. These, these are good metrics here. Yeah, and I think I think it's like again. I, in my opinion, I think this is a, a big celebration moment for all the reasons we said at the beginning of this. Um, and it should be it's a win for your management team too to be able to prevent a unit from closing, protect royalty revenue that's coming in from it, most likely increase royalty revenue for who's who's going to be taking that over and putting fresh and energized blood and uh, motivation against it. Like this is something that especially uh, if we if we listen, if we go beyond franchising and listen to the business community, exits are big time celebration right now in the media. So-and-so exited, so-and-so exited, so-and-so went public. Like why not reverse this and bring this into our culture and be okay talking about it? Most likely our, our employees might turn over. Let's talk about what that looks like. Let's talk about expectations. Does that, Clients could turn over. Does it change the way we approach business when we're not afraid to talk about the unknown exit? Now, I love that, Nick. And now I have a vision of CNBC, you know, talking about those exit strategies or exits. And it's a big mindset shift because, you know, like going into this, I'm like, Nick loves talking about this. And I'm not such a big fan. And 
I'm leaving this pretty excited. I'm looking at where's the hall of fame of franchisees that had amazing exits and, um, you know, lead the way for new people as they navigate to the brand. I mean, we were, we were talking to a brand this week and they're talking about, um, a prospect that they have and they're like, yeah, they used to be an X system. And they're, it's interesting because the brand was celebrating the fact that they used to be an X system because they're going to be new blood into theirs. Right. They're not celebrating the fact that one of their franchisees is exiting and doing something different. Like it's such a big, in my opinion, it's such a big win. And I don't know why I get so excited about resales. I do. Um, but I feel like it shows that you, you really operationalize the business and the value of your business is greater if you can successfully exit and hand people off. I'll tell you like, but uh, back in uh, early of us doing these things, Bob McQuillan talked about, uh, successes uh, where he was able to, he didn't have closures. Why? Because he could successfully hand the business off to the next person that's going to take it over. He celebrated the big wins. They're there. Take them. Own them. Well, and those became embedded in the FDD too. Those transfers, you know, kept the numbers good in item 20 um, and you didn't have those closures there. And that became big for them. It's like put, put a wall up this, the transfer celebrations, like add positivity to this thing and it might change your approach to the way that you look at business. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, Charles, did, are we turned? I think we did good. We're good on timing. And I think transfers turn out to be a big blind spot for franchisors. And they're a big opportunity for those that want to leverage them. And I think for those that are watching this at a later time, if we can give the template for how you start building your, your exit checklist to give someone on the point of entry, I think that could be a good takeaway here. So it's Fran X. See ya. Have a nice weekend.